welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. This is Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. And today we're going to be talking about play. Okay, I have to Uh. interrupt Jamie right there (laughs) because when we decided to do this as a podcast, both Avery and I, our reaction was, fuck. Yes. Right? Like, no, this is hard. I mean, like, fuck. Like, ugh. Ugh. This is hard. Yes. Right. Which is (laughs) why Jamie's in charge. Why I'm in charge today, but Mm. also, too, just to make a comment that. The two of you are playful individuals. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) So I I think that you will have plenty to add to today's podcast. Yes. So today we're going to talk about play. We're going to talk about why it's important, kind of what differentiates play from maybe other activities, how you can get more in touch with play in your lives. And hopefully people will find this uh, enjoyable. Yeah. Well, and I think the why is so important because play can feel like another to do on a to do list, especially those of us that have children or are trying to like play with young children. It can feel like something that we have to. And I think James is going to tell us a bit more about how do we let go of that. But, but I'd love to hear more about why is it important? What do we get out of play? Well, play is a really great thing. And I think as adults, it becomes sort of this paradoxical sort of phenomenon, you know, because I think like you were remarking on Avery, you know, I think for a lot of adults, play is sort of a frivolous kind of a thing or things just for kids. Yeah, unproductive things for kids to do. But really, it's it's very beneficial, you know, a lot of or not even a lot, but even just a little bit of non-productive kind of quote unquote play activity can actually make you enormously more productive. And it also is um, add some vitality to your life, gets you out of the rut, helps you become more fully engaged with the world. So yeah, it's got lots of benefits. And like spillover effects. I hear you saying that it can really like enhance the quality of life across the board. Yes, absolutely. More excitement, more adventure, all of those great optimistic kinds of qualities. So another thing that Jamie has taught me about today is the existence of a creature called the sea squirt. Yes. Which I don't know if you know about these sea creatures, sea squirts, but Jamie does. (laughs) And Jamie knows how they're interacting. How they relate to play. And I, I think you need to tell us all. Avery slightly obsessed with the sea squirts. Obsessed with the sea squirt animal. Yes. I feel like it is. So I learned about the sea squirts early on in the pandemic, actually, and was thinking about. But where? How, where during the pandemic? Yes, it was earlier on, probably like in the summer oh. after my coping had started to go downhill. Yeah. So I was not like, at the, the best place. And then I read about the sea squirt and I was like, oh my God, is this me? And let, let me tell you why. Because when sea squirts are little, so when there are juveniles, adolescents, they're like tadpoles. They swim around in the ocean. They're explorers. They seek out their nutrients so that they can grow. But once they reach adults, they actually sort of look real spongy, like look kind of like these big worms and they attach themselves to immovable objects like rocks or 
other sorts of things like that and basically become pretty passive couch potatoes. So, um, so far I'm with you and feeling yeah. like a C-squirt myself <laughs> as I'm sitting here on a couch and have become very passive. But there's this horrible twist. There is a horrible end. twist. So what happens because they do not go out and explore uh-huh. and seek out nutrients and do those sorts of things, they end up digesting their own cerebral ganglia, which the is, is a fancy term for brain. So wow. basically they are these <laughs> passive couch potatoes, zombie-like things that digest their own brain. Feasting on their own brains. Right. Who among us has not felt that way? Yeah, right. Some point? <laughs> right. So yeah, so when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, is this me? This is terrible. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to feast on my brain. Right. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, just a, a comment about that. Our brains don't stop evolving after the 20s, which a lot of people think like, oh, brain development is done. Well, on to the rock. Right, uh-huh. right. Let's glom on. <laughs> yes, all of that. But how this, you know, relates to play in particular is that a lot of studies show that people who learn throughout their lives, who explore, who have this sort of attitude of play are able to kind of stave off some of oh, these yeah. things regarding, you know, your brain, like developing dementia, other sorts of disorders like that. And also is great for prevention of heart disease and other sorts of diseases. Either of you know, are there like mental health benefits too? Because I mean, you're talking about some of the, the physical impact, but I would have to think that like it could be beneficial for yeah. mood and, and oh, overall for sure. like joy and yeah. energy. Yes, absolutely. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I read something about, you know, as we get older and our brains do maybe stop to evo- stop evolving, that we have to, things kind of die, things kind of shut down, structures kind of like synapses lose touch. Yes. And so we have to find creative like workarounds. It's almost like if we're like driving somewhere and we get a roadblock, we have to figure out another way around it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if play maybe helps you with that too, that kind of creative problem solving helps to kind of foster that like you know, work around. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I think it helps us to selectively optimize what we've got yeah. left up there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I like yeah. selectively. <laughs> so don't be a C-squirt. Instead, selectively optimize. Yes. This is a good, these are good awesome. take-home messages. Uh-huh. I like this. Yes. I like this a lot. So, okay. How do I play? What is this play of which you speak? Um, and most importantly, because Avery is Avery, I need to know how to do it well and right and correctly. So I need you to tell me all the things about how to play. How do I know if I'm doing it okay? Okay. Yeah. I think I think maybe, and I, I'm not even the expert on this, but I think we could probably take you off the hook for that last okay, one. Oh, that's right, great. right. Yes. In and terms I, of there like not being the right way. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you think about activities, you know, playful activities, you don't have to be so caught up in the activity itself. Okay. That play really is a state of mind. It's more of a sense of playfulness than what exactly it is that we're doing. It's more like who you're being while you're doing it. Yes, it's who you're being. Who you're being. So play is not exactly the opposite of work. Okay. Because in in our jobs, and I'm sure hopefully some of the the listeners can relate if they really enjoy what they do, you can bring a sense of playfulness to your work. Oh, because I got to tell you, when I think about play, I think about like playing with small children where you're like, ugh. We have to get the tea party stuff out. Actually feels like work. Yeah, it does. But what you're saying is it's not so much like what even you're doing. It's like how you're doing it. Right. How you're showing up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me what else about play. What are some other things that I would know, hey, I'm playing if I were X. So one of the things that 
kind of you touched on, Avery, is that play is a voluntary activity. It's not obligatory. It's not required. Not a half Even though sometimes as a parent, it can feel (laughs) that way for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially with young children. Mm. I think that that can be hard. I know it was for me. Like when I was yet again, like when I was, when, when Grace and Max were infants and, you know, trying to show them how to put the block in the space for the hundredth (laughs) time, you know, wasn't exciting. It doesn't feel very voluntary Mm -hmm. to me. (laughs) Amazingly in that moment, I guess it was like super fun and engaging to them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another piece of play. It's fun. Right? Uh-huh. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It makes you feel good. Okay. You know, so as soon as you make it a to-do and make it obligatory, it almost ceases to become play. Right. Ooh. Absolutely. Oh, I yes. like that. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And play is rewarding for its own sake. You know, there's not really too much survival value in play. It's, you know, again, you're not foraging for food. You're not trying to earn money necessarily off of it. It's just reinforcing in itself. You know, Jamie, what else, when you just talked about like your experience when your kids were little and it was not fun for Mm -hmm. you, but it was fun for them. I guess that there's also this component of play that it's so individualized, like what one person finds as being fun and rewarding. It's going to differ. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that here shortly. Yeah. Jump in the gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So excited. (laughs) So another, another piece of play has to, has to do with. You don't have to be so focused on you and your performance. Ooh. So, you know, when you are do it right, Avery, you're do talking it well. about, yes, yes. Kind of these expectations, like, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, do I need to follow the rules? You know, so when you're in a playful state, you are not worried about you, how you look, like how you're performing, whether you're awkward, what your hair looks like, whether you're smart, you know. Like the self-consciousness. All of that. Like yes. evaporates. Yes. You're able to kind huh. of stop thinking about your thinking. Like yeah. you're in the flow. You like are, the yes, zone. absolutely. You know, it reminds me, one of my, one of the few places I think I do play as an adult is like at roller skating rinks, right? Oh, so yeah. my kids, and we haven't done much of this during the pandemic, but if they had a birthday party, we would go and much to their utter horror and dismay, I would like rent my own <laughs> shoes because I love, I'm a horrible roller skater, but I love it. But I could just be out there and there's this sense of like just being in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it really allows like an opportunity just for openness mm-hmm. for chance just kind of whatever comes it's just a great fr- thing so it's kind of who you are in that moment how you're showing up not so much like what you're doing in the moment yeah okay so lucy you were talking about you know some of the current things or one of the current yeah. things roller skating that you like to do but maybe we can back up a little bit and talk about our childhoods and yeah. how play was for us then because easier. childhood yeah, uh-huh. it is. it's, yeah, it it's easier. easier and something I encourage our listeners to do mm. if you have a hard time connecting with play think back think back of what was enjoyable for you when you were younger because childhood really is where it all begins yeah um, yeah we're all pr- born with this innate sense of of play Um, it comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So for the two of you, what did you do as a child that got you really excited? Um, that really gave you a sense of joy. I did a lot of role play as a child. So I would like with my best friends, I was thinking about this. I, we had, I had like a bicycle that had like a little carrier on the back. And so we put my couch patch kid in the carrier and we'd like take her to daycare and then we'd go to work. And Where'd you work? We worked at the bank because her dad worked at the bank. We had all the stuff, like all the paperwork, like deposit slips and like carbon copy stuff. Uh-huh. And so we played Some for hours. Copies. And do you remember those little cups that you probably, they like standard issue in the nineties where they were like plastic cups you had in your 
in your kitchen and then they had a top on them. Uh-huh. So we used that and pretend it was like that little chute, you know, that you oh, send yeah. payments in. Oh, the bank, nice. A bank like canister. The bank yeah. canister. Uh-huh. We played for hours doing stuff like that. Or we'd play like teacher. And my mom was a teacher, so that's not that surprising. Um, or even like role play like movies. Like I would be like an Ewok or Princess Leia or something like I'm so showing my age. But um, but but I, I was thinking that that's really a big part of my play when I was little was like, like kind of – I won't say structured, but like with some pretty scripted like roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What about you guys? Gosh, I feel like I did a lot of board games. Like yeah. I like the Monopoly at the very like old school computer games, like the Carmen San Diego, right? Ooh, with yeah. the MS DOS, right? Uh-huh. So you have like the floppy uh-huh. drives and stuff like that. Um, game shows, right? Oh, and TV okay. was very limited then, but you know, there were some shows and, and game shows that felt playful. Mm. Also, I remember like junior high, like with friends, like making up dances, you know, you'd like get a song, you'd like script a dance yes. and choreograph it. And so playing with people. Oh, yes. Oh, before TikTok. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's no TikTok. Yes. Although we no would, recording yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. We would sometimes do a little bit of recording with those big. Oh, the handheld. Yes, like, the big handheld, like VHS for the whole VHS. Tape uh-huh. and yeah, we would do like pageants on stuff like that and yeah. like record. Yeah. yeah so I, mean, I would watch like, do you remember like once or twice a year, like the Miss America pageant, yes. or the Miss Texas pageant? Uh-huh. I remember yes. it'd be like a thing, like you set oh, aside yeah. the Friday night and have friends over and get mm-hmm. pizza. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, this and jumping a little bit, but this talk, it makes me think of my own kids. And I think their childhood has been so defined by technology. So I'm curious, like, does that interfere with play? Mm. Is that just a different type of play? Is that more mindless? Like yeah. I'm having trouble like fitting that in the context because it feels so different from how we played. Right. I think you have to look at what it is that they're doing and what they're, what they are focused on. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times gaming actually can be a great way to connect with your child. Um, it's something that I do with my kids and allow them to teach me things. So for example, Fortnite is a big game right now. And I've joined in with Max. And Do you have your own, like... I have my own screen name. Okay, so screen I, am, I, am, I am Kid Destroyer 1125. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. <laughs> Find Jamie That's on Fortnite. Yes. So, and uh, I'm pretty terrible. You know, the yeah. SNL did this skit of this individual <laughs> who's older trying to play Fortnite and where he's just kind of like stuck in a corner, like treading <laughs> like, water. Yeah, whatever, basically yeah. just kind of stuck facing the, facing the wall and, the, and his companions or whatever that are younger are trying to teach him like, turn around. No, no, turn around. That's me kind of in that particular game. However, there are other games that I am pretty good at. So Beat Saber is one of those games that I will play with them. What's that? It is a kind of virtual reality game that you play with the PlayStation and you hold the hold the wands and it's like you've got a couple of lightsabers so it's kind of like lightsabers meet sort of tetris where you've got to kind of slice the objects that are coming your way oh and it's really fun because they put it to all kinds of music and stuff and you know depending on your level it gets faster and faster and you can do all of these different things with it so that sounds like fun yeah i'm kind of awesome Oh, yeah. All right. (laughs) So, yes, it depends on the technology, what kind of game that they're they're into and how can you connect with your kids? Yeah. Man, I think I'm thinking, especially during this pandemic time, there's been so much technology use and it's sometimes it, it feels like play has to be like divorced from that. Like we need to have a variety of play. We have to do puzzles and but it's nice to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's available. And so it. It, and it is enjoyable. It's something you can actually do with your kids, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. 
So how about for you all now, like as we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit, are do you have kind of strong preferences for play in your in your life right now? I think for me, this is kind of a new theme that mm-hmm. I've been more thoughtful about mm-hmm. over the past year, right? And so I think for me, the antithesis of, of play or one thing that's gotten in the way is this focus on kind of work and productivities mm-hmm. and to-dos and this, you know, so if we think of barriers to play, I think for me, this idea that kind of, I don't have time for it, but I think it's bigger than that. I think it's that I don't value it, right? Like it's non-productive. Hmm. It's a kind of a waste of time, quote unquote. And I think I'm beginning to see what total BS that is. Yeah. Right. And so this idea of how do I, you know, try less in my life and like work a little less hard, because I think if you show up with this intensity around like having to work hard and having to get things right, like that squashes, like all play and joy. That's right. right? So how do you like open up a little bit and find some space? And I think for me, it's been this process of getting curious of what, what is fun, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And how do I find that in my life and experiment with that? Right. Right. And I I think in a lot of ways, as we've kind of been talking about this, I'm thinking that what I typically think about play is I think about like getting on the floor and playing with Uh my children or my child. And and I'm realizing that really play for the sake of just enjoyment, that that can mean so many other things and things that I'm actually enjoying so much more now as my daughter's getting older and as an adult myself. So things like, you know, going to see plays and musicals, going to concerts, going to escape rooms. That's something we did Uh pre-pandemic more are going to the movies um even like listening to books or reading books as a family like the harry potter series we've done that and so i'm kind of expanding my definition of play i think a bit and realizing that there's i certainly could be more conscious that that i don't have to just be productive that it like feels really good to me to think about like this is something i am doing like to help me to be a little more productive. It kind of gives me a reason to do it but I, i am also expanding that definition of like okay this is all play yeah, mm-hmm. it's all enjoyable. What about for you, Jamie? I know you talked about playing with your kids. What else do you do? Play for kids. I also go to Disney as much as I can, which is another playful activity. I get just as much enjoyment in planning the vacation uh, as I do actually attending. And that's, as an adult, I don't think people realize it, but sort of that planning, organizing sort of mode can be actually a really playful thing. So that's something that I really, really like to do. I don't know. We do lots of other things. Movies is a big one. I love watching movies. Pre-pandemic, it was something really big that my sister and I would do every Friday night. We would go to the go to the movies after the kids are in bed and left the husbands at home with them. And we would get out and go to a late feature and the last one of the night usually. And how late are those nowadays? Uh, 10 something or 11. Is so. it crowded? No, not no. usually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way past my bedtime. <laughs> so yeah, so we would go and like to go to, to the movie house and get cookies and milk with our, <laughs> with our movie. It was a nice, nice self-care activity. Yeah. So that's something that I do. So I love used that. to. I mm-hmm. love that because there's this like range between like going to Disney World, which obviously requires a lot of thought mm-hmm. and a lot of organization and a lot of like you can't do that every day. Right. And then things that are like going to the movies, watch the movie, things that are so much more available uh-huh. on a daily basis and that it can kind of fall within that whole range. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of things. I mm-hmm. mean, and I think other simple things for individuals to do, you know, anybody that's involved in any sort of movement. So whether that's exercise or sport mm-hmm. or dance, or those are all forms of play. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you look at it. What I was going to say, mm-hmm. and it depends on how you show up for yes. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So I think a lot of people can approach 
physical activity with a very competitive, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be fun to have a competitive yeah, sure, mindset, sure. but sometimes it's more about beating ourselves up or trying to change some perceived flawed or like, it mm-hmm. can be full of judgment and is a very heavy thing, right? So this idea of how do you show up for movement in a way that feels kind of connected and playful mm. and lighter. Yeah. And, you know, being a competitor actually is also a form of play too. If you mm. like gaming and like to play to win, like that can be absolutely fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think, so there's the variety of different types of play, thinking about com- competition, physical movement, hobbies, like going to see movies. What about like reading? Is reading like kind yeah, of for enjoyment? Reading, yes. Reading for enjoyment, stuff, like any of the artistic stuff, stuff uh-huh. which I tend to stay away from. Um, <laughs> so I'm not that, I'm not that talented with stuff like that, but have great admiration for those that, that do. So lots of different ways that, that people can try to get connected with and think about like, what's, what's sort of my mode of play that I really enjoy. And most people don't have just one particular mode of play. A lot of times it's a combination of things. So how do you recommend people go about sorting this out? Right. So it sounds like, like if we were to try to give someone a prescription and say, you need to do this to play, like that might not be right. Already there, we're going to like head them off before they even got started. Like you know, there's such variability yeah. that like who, who knows? So how do people even start to like sort this out? Yeah. I guess for themselves. So I think one of the things is, is to do a little reminiscing, mm-hmm. oh, think about uh-huh. what it was that you used to enjoy when you were younger. Why did you enjoy those things? And how could I potentially sort of connect with those things now. So Avery, you talked about, you know, liking role plays mm-hmm. and those sorts of things when you were younger. Now <laughs> I'm going to keep it oh, clean and G-rated. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you mentioned like reading and yeah. movies and that sort of thing, it is a storytelling kind of experience. Right. And so being able to put yourself in, in sort of the position of the characters that you read about or that you see right. on TV is kind of that way as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's, That's one thing. Other things I think for people to try at home. Okay. So tips for play, then aside from kind of going back and doing that inventory Mm -hmm. would be to expose yourselves to playful things every day. You know, Ooh. there are opportunities everywhere every day. And these are the things that we people, we want people to do try at home. We do yes. want people to try <laughs> these at try home them. for okay. sure. So playing with your pets, you know, going out uh, with Scout. He loves the tennis ball, my labradoodle. Pets are good at play. They like are. and being present. It is, they are. It is an innate thing for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, kind absolutely. of watch and observe them. That's absolutely. Right. And I guess you could watch the children too. That's you probably. You could watch and observe the children. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Good. Well, yeah. I think even just for me, it's this like mindset shift from everything has to be productive. Everything has to be very businessy, serious as an adult to like, sometimes you can enjoy things just to enjoy them. And that's okay. And actually that's like encouraged. That's like more than just okay. And just having this, even having it kind of top of mind and this openness of like, huh, do I enjoy this? Well, that, that I could do it just for play. I don't have to work out to get in shape. I can work out because I like it, or I can do these things just because I like it, just because it feels enjoyable. And having just that openness. Um, right. Yeah. And being active is one of the fastest ways to kind of jumpstart play okay. is to get moving. So to do things like take an enjoyable walk or like I said, you know, throw a ball to your dog or play with your cat or whatever it is, your kids, all of those things can kind of jumpstart you. Like being in motion in yes, some way, like yes. gets it moving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. To get out of your head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get out of your head. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All of that. I would say another 
aspect would be to create a safe space for yourself. If you are stressed, if you are anxious all the time, those things don't really go very well together. So I think, again, sort of doing an inventory, examining your environment and seeing what's there that prevents play from occurring and see, can I extract those things from my life? Can I make more space for play would be another. How about for you all, Avery, Lucy, like what are some other things that come to mind for you as we're talking about this? One thing I'm thinking is just just having some on ramps of like the person, like the movement of kind of like, I'm going to do this for enjoy, like enjoyment. And so I can kind of start to incorporate that almost as like a habit. Even other things are just easier. Like I like to color, enjoy coloring. And that's something that I really do like to do and that that's easy. It's available. And if I have it out and available to me, like even as a reminder of, Hey, you, you could sit down and color for a minute. Yeah. Or Schitt's just Creek. Uh, yeah. Yes. Just <laughs> yeah. coloring book. Absolutely. But just almost not permission, but just kind of having it more top of mind, not as a to do, but as like a, this is available to you. This is something that like reminders. a reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the other thing is like, how do I allow myself space to just experiment, right? So this idea Ooh, of just testing yeah. different things out and like seeing how they land in the mm. body and having that like direct experience with it. And I think there's this other part too about having this value. I think a big thing for me right now is how do I intentionally try to cultivate more joy in my life mm. and kind of seek that out and kind of put my focus on it. I think sometimes I can like focus on problems that need to be solved or things that need to be fixed. And so instead, like, what do I want to invite more of and how do I do that intentionally. Yeah. So giving yourself permission to be playful. And I think as adults, not getting so caught up in having to be the expert, you know, that (laughs) there may be things that you'll be trying, you know, with playful activities where you haven't done those before. And so being comfortable and being okay and being able to be in the space of I'm a beginner again. Yeah. And I think how useful is that in our general lives to be okay with being a beginner? I mean, how many things would we try and do and experience if we could be more okay with being a beginner? I mean, that feels very relatable and and like a lesson. If you could learn that from play, my goodness, that could be so helpful. Right. And I think probably one, one final tip that I would give is to be with people who are supportive of the type of play that you have. You know, you may not necessarily have individuals who want to jump in and join in with you in certain activities, but if they can support those activities in some kind of way to give you your own space. So, for example, my husband has, you know, he has recently done a half iron man. Is that something I'm going to do? Never. Um, I will never do that. Um, but I can be supportive of yeah. him. That's like one of his ways that he likes to play is to be a little bit competitive, but also engaged in a lot of physical activity. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, as, I, as you were saying, that, I was actually thinking that you, Jamie, um, you have these parties for like Halloween and for Christmas that encourage us dress up, which our family loves to do. And like when I was kind of thinking about times we've played together as a family, like we went as hair. Harry Potter, like the golden trio to one of your Halloween parties. And that was enormously fun. That was so, so much play. So fun. But talk about like surrounding ourselves with people that encourage play. I mean, that's a real, or, or like the Christmas party where we wore these funny Christmas sweaters and like, that was so much fun. But I, I love that kind of trying to make sure you have some of that play inspiration in your, yeah, in your life. Models. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I am so glad we've talked about this. I mean, I think that we could all benefit from more. I don't think you can ever have too much fun, mm-hmm. right? And excitement right. and play, right? So right. as adults, especially, I think cultivating that might yeah. be really powerful. I think so. 
I think so. Well, you've made a believer out of me. (laughs) One that I think just being aware that, hey, maybe there is more play, maybe enjoyment than that we're already including in our lives. So kind of just being aware of that, of like, oh, there's already stuff that we're doing. And then maybe are there some avenues that we could do even more? I mean, more joy. And we'll have to have like a follow-up podcast Mm -hmm. at some point with like, oh, there's where we were. Here's where we are now. (laughs) With the play and listeners, if y'all have any fun ideas, any things that you're learning about yourself, um, we'd love to hear hear it. Your stories of play. What was fun for you? What worked? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think that'll do it for today. So thank you all for joining us. And we look forward to hearing from you, seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.